Welcome to Thought Revolution. This is a show for leaders like you who want to learn how to lead and manage in a way that expands your impact and influence. My name is Kristen Nebro and I am the founder of Impact Consultancy. And I'm excited to share with you my biggest aha moments and thought-provoking concepts that are designed to free up your time, your team's capacity, and your ability to create impact in the world. Let's go. Hey, welcome back to episode four. In our last episode, episode three, I talked about ending daily firefighting in crisis mode by introducing the four disciplines of daily management. So take a listen if you have time. But today I'm gonna take a deeper look at this issue and focus on five time killers that strip your capacity. I talked a bit about them in the last episode, but I'm gonna go a little more in depth in this episode. Okay, so please tell me if you've ever asked yourself one of these questions, because I know I have. One, what did I even accomplish today? Like, I feel like I ask myself that at least once a week. Maybe two, I don't even think I got anything done today, right? Um, Or three, I don't even know where the time went. It's like two o'clock in the afternoon and I think I've been in meetings all day long, right? So here's the deal. I think we tell ourselves that there are just not enough hours in the day and you want my two cents? I think it's true. If, if all you focus on is time and tasks. But it's funny. Funny how we don't have time to make improvements to our work, right? But we have plenty of time to keep resolving the same problems over and over again. I mean, every time I'm with a team struggling with capacity, I immediately want to see how well they're managing five capacity indicators. One, how much work in process do they have? Two, how much unplanned work in process do they have? Three, what are the known dependencies and where are they in process? Four, what are the conflicting priorities? And five, what work is on hold or or waiting for something to move forward? When those things are invisible, Forget about it. But look, these things are never going to go away. Never. They are a part of life. They're like dominoes and they feed off each other. So either you're effectively managing them or they're managing you. Like, that's it. The end. All right, so let me say a little bit more about each one. One, work in process. I want to see how much work there actually is that's expected to come in as well as how much work has gotten started. Um, and it's just not finished yet. It's somewhere in the process. It's somewhere in the pipeline. So usually the first question I ask is, you know, how much work is there? And, and where is it? Where can I go see it, right? People don't usually have an answer for that. So that's, that's the first one. The second one, unplanned work. Can you show me how much unplanned work is in process? How much time has the individual or team spent on unplanned work in the past month? If you're not tracking this, you're flying blind, okay? I'll go a little bit deeper in each one, but I just want to make sure you understand what I'm talking about here. Three, conflicting priorities, right? So are the projects and tasks that compete with each other visible? Please show me. Please show me all of it. And so at this point, usually I can't see much, but I'm going to ask the next one anyway. So dependencies. So I'm always curious how aware and predictive the team is when it comes to dependencies, because there's typically three types that we can make visual. There's approvals, so waiting for someone to approve something, right? There's expertise, so waiting for someone to consult, weigh in, or provide information on something. Or there's tasks, so waiting for someone to do their job so you can do yours. Show me what you know, right? And then um, neglected work would be the fifth one. 
So can you show me what work has been sitting on hold or waiting for resolution and, and for how long? So when I can't see these things, I know that they're having an impact on that team. I'm not saying that when we make all of these things visible that everything goes away, but you know, most people know the 80-20 rule, okay? So that states that 20% of our activity creates 80% of our results, right? And so let's take the inverse of that. 20% of our problems create 80% of the time that we spend dealing with stuff. These 20%, these five things amount to 80% of our time suck. So that's where I go to work, quite frankly. And, and then that's really um, what I keep finding as like the root for so many teams. Okay, so let's look at the first one, too much work in process. Work in process or WIP, W-I-P, WIP is the leading indicator that your workflow is congested. Like you have to pay attention to it. Almost nobody does. I've sat with so many teams that aren't able to show me how much work they have in process, the different types of work they have or how much time they expect each piece of work will take to complete. Now, sometimes people hear that and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, and then other times people hear that and they say, you're crazy, we have so much work to do. That's okay. Big process requires big visual, first of all. And second of all, what is your core work? Like, quite frankly. So, I, you know, I, I think sometimes people feel daunted by this, but you can still show it. This is such an important and foundational starting point. Like, if you cannot see the work, you just can't surface problems. And if you can't surface problems, you can't, you, you're just gonna get sucked into crisis because you can't deal with the small issues until they get big, right? So your mission really is to make the work visible and make it move. I remember working in healthcare and I worked with nurses and they said what they did was care, right? Like, what is care? That's like hugging a cloud. It's just ambiguous. But when you really break down what they did, there were a number of things that were happening that were, whether they were in process or not, right, for each patient. So they cared for a patient. And so some of the things were administering medications, um, taking notes, delivering education, um, giving baths, right? So there are a number of different units of work and it's gonna vary, giving one person a bath is different than giving another person a bath if um, one person is an infant, right? And another person is a 10 year old who's totally ambulatory and can move around. So we need to see how much work someone has where in process it is, how much time it takes based on the type of work it is. So you can totally do this. It's just about breaking it down. Okay, number two, unplanned work. In our complex and unpredictable world, there will always, always be unplanned work, right? One study revealed that up to 35% of our work week is actually spent engaged in unplanned work. I feel like that's probably spot on, maybe a little low sometimes, right? But that's an average. Um, so it's, I mean, unplanned work is like a roommate you just can't get rid of, right? There will always be unexpected work. You know, and some unplanned work, quite frankly, is of our own doing. So saying yes to things because we have time or as a favor, right? And part of why we say yes because we think we have quote unquote time is we don't have a really good handle of how much work we have, right? And how much time it takes to do it. The second reason we might take on unplanned work and it's our own doing is maybe poor planning and having work deployed or dumped on us last minute, right? Um, maybe it's taking something on that takes longer than expected to complete. We've all had those tasks. We're like, oh my gosh, this is taking way longer than I thought. Or taking on work when you know we're unsure if it's a priority or not, 
right? And so that becomes part of our own doing. The more we can see what kinds of unplanned work exists and how much actually there is, I think the more equipped we are to manage our response to it, quite frankly. So here's your mission. Um, and what I have teams do is I make unplanned work visible. And the reason that's important is because over time, over a couple weeks, you can begin to find patterns in the unplanned. And the pattern you might be looking for is not only where's work coming from, but how can we begin to plan for the unplanned? It turns out that there's actually a portion of unplanned work that is, believe it or not, kind of predictable. It's like rolling dice. There's probability that certain numbers are gonna show up, you know, a certain number of times if you roll a die 10 times, right? So that's what we're looking for, our patterns that we can get a little bit more predictive with stuff. All right, number three, let's talk conflicting priorities. Conflicting priorities lead to overload. They just do. When people are, are just unsure of their priorities, they take on more than they need to, uh, on purpose or on accident, right? Think about that. Incidents, project work, administrative work, maintenance work, these, these are necessary, right? And they all compete with each other. When work goes on hold because someone says, guess what, you need to do this other thing right now, you need to make that visible. We just cannot improve what we cannot see. I was just with the team yesterday and they have a number of preventative maintenance work they have to do, but it collides with project work because um, they're city-based and of course you get phone calls from citizens and all of a sudden they have to jump. So what is missed in all that is what goes on hold and also for how long, right? So show it, share it, you know, and then you can begin to improve it. Maybe you can improve how you begin to restructure your team or how you set up your project. I mean, it's, again, it's not gonna go away, but sometimes leaders need to see an actual image, not just you telling them about it, not just numbers, but an actual image of the frequency. Or even if this is you know, a piece of work that's on a post-it note on a board and they can see it every day just sitting there. They need to be able to digest the impact it has on team performance, right? So that leaders can think better about how to support teams. Because I really do believe that visualizing this opens up opportunities to get clear on prioritization policies, on work deployment logic, um, et cetera, right? So make it visible. All right, so here's our fourth one, dependencies, right? Here's the deal. Every dependency doubles your chances of being delayed or late, right? I mean, I just want to repeat that. Every dependency you have in your process will probably double your chance of being delayed or late. Dependencies just increase the need for coordination, right? So inevitably, inevitably, this means we're stuck waiting for people, information, answers, approvals, etc. right? Who expects or needs an approval today? Like, I think that's what we need to begin to visualize. Who expects or is waiting for a consult today? Um, who expects or is waiting for a task to be complete? Right? Notice the question, who expects so there's something predictive or who is waiting so it's already happened and they're trying to understand where in process it is. Teams that huddle around these questions every day and visualize them on a you know, commitment board or some kind of visual find that personal accountability rises. And I say every day, meet at the, at the frequency that you know, your process requires it. Some teams are meeting three or four times a day because their process cycles fast. Sometimes teams are meeting twice a day, at the beginning of the day, end of the day. Sometimes teams meet once a day. Sometimes it's three times a week, whatever, right? Your rhythm needs to match your process. And here's the deal. Reviewing these dependencies, let's just say daily for now, opens up the opportunity for faster escalation if anything is sitting and waiting, right? 
And again, the goal isn't to eliminate dependencies altogether because uh, some of them are known and we can get rid of them. Some of them are known and we can plan for them and some of them are unknown. I mean, that's just, that's just life. But here's the deal. What we want to do is reduce their impact on a team's time, engagement, and performance, right? So your mission, right? I was, never mind. Your mission is to visualize known dependencies and bring teams together often for fast and focused. I'm going to say that fast and focused huddles. So here again, I'm referring to episode three, the four disciplines of make the work visible, make it move, make obstacle visible. And the last one, create a cadence of continuous alignment. These are the fast and focused huddles. And then of course, number five, neglected work, right? Ah, the work that sits on hold or falls through the cracks. I worked with a team that had really important PM or preventative maintenance work, but it always, always fell behind the emergency of the day, right? Like that's just, that's just the rhythm. Every visual I make with the team to show their work includes a way to show pace, right? So how are they ahead or behind? Whatever that looks like for them. And here's the deal. If the visual does not trigger action, it isn't a useful visual. I'm going to say that again because this, this is true for all pieces, but especially neglected work. If the visual does not trigger action, so if we're bringing people together, then the value we're creating is action. And the, the value that's created is folks are able to free up capacity, free up time, have clarity on their plan, have clarity on their priorities. Like that's the value. And so if we're going to bring people together, it, it should trigger action, right? And the action should be, what do we need to do to move the dependency forward? What do we need to do um, to lessen the work in process? What do we need to do to deal with the bottleneck, right? And here's the same thing. So how will we show the pace of work so we can see what is not moving? What action will it trigger? So, you know, you guessed it. Your mission is to make it visible and make it move. You have to have some kind of way to show what's just sitting there. Um, and, and usually when I work with teams, I don't just show what's sitting there, but um, I'll either time box it or I'll create kind of like a column with a ladder and what's been sitting there for 24 hours, 48 hours, you know, and so on. So you can start to see it move in time as well. So, you know, experiment and adapt as needed. There's no one right way to do this. Um, you know, I feel like every time I work with a team, the visual looks different. The whole point is that you're showing it. And I think that's what's really important because here's the deal. Like you, you've got this time and the time that you spend should be engaged in making a difference. So if you're going to improve performance and free up time and free up capacity, here's the deal. You got to expose these five capacity and time killers today, like without a doubt. Okay. Well, that's your dose of thought revolution for today. Look, I know you wake up each day with this bend to make a difference in the world, to matter in the world, you know, and my goal for you is that you spend less time making it work and more time making a difference. So if you want to learn more about the five time killers or, or about the four disciplines, uh, please visit our website at www.impactconsultancy.org. Um, and folks, again, I'm Chris Nebro. Don't forget to like, comment, or leave a question for me. And please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Okay, see you next time.